Hey everybody, this is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the podcast today. Today is Monday, the 23rd of January. So we have survived the inauguration day. We've survived the weekend. We've survived the Women's March on Washington. So congratulations, everybody. Uh, And we're in a new week in kind of a new era in the United States. We are in the Trump era. And I'm going to celebrate that today by talking about men. (laughs) So I told you guys I was going to do this last week, and then I had Dorenda on the broadcast with me, and we talked a little bit about the inauguration. Um, I got to say, I was... I mean, you guys know I sort of do this podcast in real time because of my precious husband, and he helps me do this, and it's a stinking lot of work to get these up here and out there and sort of timely for you, but I like doing it this way because it gives me a window into what's happening in the culture, sort of in real time. And so uh, on Friday, actually not Friday, on Saturday, I posted um, about the Women's March in Washington, and frankly, there's one happening here in in Portland, Oregon. They're all over uh, the United States, and I have been told all around the world, but I am, I don't know, for lack of a better word, disgusted is a good word, by this March on Washington. I was disgusted by Ashley Judd. I was disgusted by Michael Moore. I'm disgusted by the women's rights movement. I'm disgusted that they would have a women's rights uh, march in Washington and disinvite the pro-life movement, which they clearly did. I mean, they took them off the list of official donors, which is essentially, you know, we, we're we're not inviting you. And even though some pro-life groups showed up there, they were clearly not recognized or welcomed by the official organization. And so at, at, at one point along the line, uh, I got frustrated. And I said, uh, the, the Women's March is an embarrassment to me as a woman, and frankly, it shouldn't be called. It shouldn't have been called the Women's March. It should have been called the Liberal, Progressive, Pro-Choice, Anti-Life Women's March. Because when they called it the Women's March, they made it sound like it was all women, and it certainly didn't represent me. I'm an American. I didn't vote for Barack Obama because I didn't like his policies. But I would never have considered marching on the streets with anybody who held a sign saying "Not my president." Uh, I may not have liked Barack Obama's policies or his ideas, but he was my president while he was in office. And you guys have been listening to me, many of you, for a long time. And so you know that I have pretty strong opinions about this, but I like them to be respectful. And I'll argue my opinion whenever I feel it's appropriate to do so. So for example, if it's something I feel is very important, like honoring God's definition of marriage and God's definition of the sanctity of human life, then I'm going to talk about it. But when people were disrespectful about President Obama, either on my Facebook page or on my blog, I deleted their posts. And just for the record, I'll delete, you know, posts that are uh, anti-Trump because I feel uh, we're not called to be disrespectful. But the irony is that this group of women who are doing the Women's March, they want respect, but they won't give it. They want to be heard, but they won't listen. They want equal rights, but they refuse to protect and defend the rights of the unborn or with those whom with they disagree. And frankly, I'm embarrassed that our country has sunk in this low while the whole world is watching. And I, I just wonder if maybe, just maybe, this is why Trump won the White House. And so clearly we have a lot to be in prayer about as a nation. I continue, my my son came over to visit the other day and uh, I just said, 
I can't talk to you right now because I was getting ready to pray. And I just went into my closet, got down on my exercise mat, closed the door and was like, Lord, help us. Like we're in trouble. We need your help. We need to come together. And maybe when President Trump is in for a while and people realize, hey, the sky isn't falling, it won't be such an emergency. But right now, boy, I'm going to encourage you guys just to pray, 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 pray. Speaking of praying and being in the Word, I've been working on uh, the February Scripture Writing Challenge. We are going to be doing an actual giveaway for the month of February for those of you who are doing either the Scripture Writing Challenge that I am creating as I kind of go along or the one that I did last year, and many of you got the hard copies to that. Uh, for those of you who ordered the hard copy and you realized that there was a an error in January, we are mailing out new ones to you. So don't worry about that. We're going to get you a new one, although it won't make any difference because by the time you get it, January will be over. But you can always find the updated scripture writing challenges, both from 2016 and 2017, along with copywriting, uh, copyright work for your children so they can actually read along with you. And you can find that at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash scripture writing. So uh, I, I want to see women get into the Word. The Bible says that we're supposed to be able to give a defense for the hope that lies within us. And I also, you know, I posted on my, my well, I was working on the Scripture Writing Challenge for, for 2017, for February, and I'm working my way through 2 Timothy. And in 2 Timothy 2, uh, 23 through 26, it says, Don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments, because you know they produce quarrels. This is like a conversation I might have with my kids. And really, it makes sense because it's kind of like the Lord having a conversation with us, isn't it, right? Verse 24, and the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. <laughs> Opponents must be gently instructed in hope that God will grant them repentance that leads to the acknowledgement of the truth and that they will come to their senses and escape the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. Boy, if that doesn't describe what's happening in the culture right now, I don't know what does. So I hope you guys will join me. Um, you can follow me on Instagram. I've been keeping track of the triplets over there as well. They're going to go home in about five days, we're hoping. Uh, they're doing pretty good. So just trying to get them. Once actually they go home, that's when the really hard work begins, because then we got to figure out how in the world... You know, my my sister is trying to figure out how in the world she's going to do this, and we're trying to figure out how in the world to help her. So uh, we appreciate your prayers. Uh, and if you want to find out where I'm going to be speaking this year, please go to Heidi St. John for HeidiStJohn.com forward slash schedule, and uh, you can find out where I'm going to be this year. We are currently looking for event space. If you are in an area that we have uh, said we are going to be going to, we actually have a location now in New York. And we have a location in Houston, but we are looking for locations in North Carolina and Indianapolis and Tampa. And if you are in those areas, we would love to hear from you. If you have a church that holds at least 300 women at round tables, please email Dorenda, D-U-R-E-N-D-A, she's my friend, Dorenda, at thebusymom.com. Dorinda's my friend, but she also coordinates all of the conferences for us. So uh, we're excited about the 2017 calendar. Really excited because I have a new book coming out, and you guys are going to have a hoot and holler and good time at these events, I promise you, and you're going to go away encouraged. All right, let's talk about this. I'm, my husband's actually going to come on in the next broadcast. I was like, let me ease into it. <laughs> I asked him, would you come and talk to you know talk to audiences about this? Because, you know, not, I guess there's almost 30,000 people that listen to this podcast. So most of you don't know my husband. <laughs> I think it's fair to say. So those of you who do know me and are listening to this, you can kind of chuckle along with me. Hi, Brooke. I hear you. 
uh, chuckling. But my husband's kind of a quiet guy. He doesn't really, he's not really an, uh, you know, a, let me tell you my opinion guy. That's kind of me. At home, we, we kind of have a different roles though. It's kind of interesting. He has, he's got a lot more opinions at home and he's got a lot to say and he has a lot to say about the subject of sex. And so I said, would you come and talk to me uh, about this on the podcast? And just like when I wrote the first book in 2009 on marriage, I would sort of sit in bed at night and read to him what I'd written and he would be like, are you really going to say that out loud? <laughs> and then he would think about it and sort of come back and go, yeah, I guess that needs to be said. So I'm going to give sort of an intro to talking about why I think sex and marriage is so important. And then I'm going to ask Jay to come on the podcast with me. We might even do this till Friday. We'll see. But I'm trying to get this new thing going called Marriage Monday and just really talking about marriage every Monday and uh, encouraging you in in your marriages because it's a big deal to God. And I travel all over the country. I talk to women all the time about marriage is near and dear to my heart. And most of the women that come up to me and talk to me uh, after I'll do like, you know, I'll do the Busy Homeschool Mom's Guide to Romance at a homeschool conference or whatever. And I'm kind of a, you know, what you see is what you get kind of girl. And so I tend to say, surprise, what's on my mind? And a lot of the women, I think, they sort of take that cue from me and they'll come up and they're very direct and very blunt with me, which I actually appreciate. And most of the women that come and talk to me who struggle with this particular topic, who struggle with um, the issue of sex inside of marriage, and caveat, we're not talking about sex outside of marriage, okay? We're talking about married sex. Uh, But they will acknowledge that their husband's sex drive is stronger than theirs. And women, I think, tend to underestimate the impact that this can have on their marriage and on their relationship with their husband. And we've even had, you know, married couples will come up to us and just talk about it because we are so open about it when we're out on the road talking to people because I kind of feel like the church is doing kind of a lousy job of addressing this. Certainly it's not being addressed on Sunday morning. Maybe it's because your kids are sitting there with you. (laughs) I don't don't know. Um, But I I read online that uh, according to a poll of 150 Christian married men, 83% stated that they don't believe that their wives understand their sex drive. Husbands feel alone in their secrets and their desires. They're at a loss about how to communicate it to their wives. And for many men, their attempts to bridge the gap have been met with disinterest and even disdain. And so that's kind of what I want to address before my husband comes on the podcast. Because I think from the from a wife's perspective, and certainly from, it's been my experience, um, that I'm, you know, I can tend to put it sort of to the back of my list. It sort of becomes something on my list, on my to-do list. You know, take care of your husband, meet your husband's needs sexually, when really sex inside of marriage is the glue. I mean, if we weren't going to have sex, probably we wouldn't have gotten married. <laughs> I kind of think that might have been the driving force behind me and my husband getting married, you know, nearly 28 years ago when I was 19 and he was 21. And I think we need to really uh, take, I think, take the conversation back as Christian women and stop sort of pushing it under the carpet and not talking about it as if it was important, because I think women tend to compartmentalize their husband's sexuality. So I read a really interesting quote over at Focus on the Family um, from one woman who basically was talking about sort of a, a doctor uh Uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde approach to sex. And she said of her husband, although we have a pretty good marriage, sex feels like another chore on my list. Can you guys relate? 
So I I read this this quote and I was like, oh man, you know, I, and you don't want to say that to your husband, right? And this is exactly what she said. She said, I hate that my husband thinks about it so much and that he always wants it. I dread going to bed for he's going to ask me for sex because she's so tired. <laughs> she's just going, oh my goodness. My kids have been asking me for stuff all day long. I had to make dinner. I had to do dishes. I was, some of you are homeschooling. I went back and forth from carpool today. I've, you know, answered questions all day long and I finally get into bed and you're just like, oh my gosh, there's something, there's another, something I haven't done yet. <laughs> right? Right. And sometimes you kind of, you, and this woman says, sometimes she tries to find things to do around the house, hoping that her husband's going to fall asleep before she's ready for bed. She said, I wish I could shut him off somehow. <laughs> and she can't. Right. And truth be told, I think a lot of us can identify with this sentiment. And sometimes uh, our sex life becomes um, a chore or a burden. And we feel guilty for withholding or, or, and responsible uh, to keep our husband's. Um, needs met. And I just, I guess what I want to do in the next couple of days in talking about this, because it's been such a big deal to me, I actually wrote a book about marriage and I addressed the issue of sex inside of marriage, because this has been a struggle that I have had as a mom of seven. I think probably more of a struggle, and I, it'll be interesting here, Jay's perspective on this, but more of a struggle for me, I think when our kids were littler, because their demands of a little baby, obviously, and little kids are so physical, but then they get a little bit bigger. And like we were always saying, little kids wreck your house, but big kids wreck your mind. <laughs> so then you sort of have to transition from one part of motherhood into another. And I think it's really easy for us to sweep this part of our uh, our marriage under the carpet. And I just really, I want to encourage you, if this is something that is on your heart, I hope that you will invite people, tune in for the next couple of days, because I'm going to encourage you well, first, I'm going to encourage you to look at sex the way God does. And he said it was a gift, like he's given us to each other. And so if our husband is the last thing on our list, and we feel like it's, you know, sex is another chore, then we're not, we we have a wrong perspective. It's been really encouraging for me to have a a, a daughter who's married now, um, because she's sort of validating me, <laughs> I think in a lot of ways, because I'm hearing the same sort of things from her, uh, the same emotions that I felt when I was, you know, 20, 28 years ago when I was her age and just all of a sudden realizing, oh my goodness, you know, this is a thing that women struggle with, the guilt of not meeting their hus- their husband's sexual needs. And pretty much everything that we hear about sex, and I'm going to, there's a, a really great article I'll link back to. I'm going to read a little bit from it, but it says, I love this too. It says, practically everything a Christian wife hears or reads about sex revolves around the message, your husband needs sex, so give it up, (laughs) right? And so after a hefty dose of guilt, she resolves to make sex more of a priority in her marriage. Her resolve lasts a little while, but eventually she becomes resentful. She and her husband might be having sex more often, but it's not getting better. And I think, man, that that's so true. It happens so often. And I want to just encourage you today to really be coming before the Lord. And this is the first thing that I started doing, which really changed my heart. It doesn't necessarily always change my physical drive, although sometimes it does. But I really ask the Lord, just give me a heart for my husband. Give me a desire for him. And so when he when he comes to me and asks for sex, I'm not just like, ugh, you know, you know, one more thing on my to-do list. And you know what's amazing about our relationship with God? A, he already knows you feel that way, women. So get off the guilt trip because you don't need to be on it. And 
Second, he wants to answer your prayers. The Bible says that when we pray, God literally bends down to listen. It doesn't say, God doesn't say, I listen for some things and not for other things. And there have been so many women, friends of mine, women who are my Jew, been married as long as I have, and even longer than me, that have come up, that have that I have spoken to over these many years of being married, who have experienced the same thing. And so you're not alone, but I want you to see sex as a gift because that's what God says it is. And it's supposed to be a really good thing. It's the glue that sort of holds a husband and wife together. And it's a wonderful, special thing. And so Jay's going to come back on Wednesday and we're going to talk about this uh, because I think it's important for you to hear maybe from a man's perspective and not just from a woman's perspective. But the main thing is bring it to the Lord in prayer and make ask the Lord to help you have sex be a priority. I'm saying, I've said this over and over and over, and I'm totally out of time, so I need to stop. But I've said this over and over and over that you, uh, you're you going to get out of your marriage what you put into it. And I think oftentimes we, you know, we do this whole marriage over or motherhood over marriage thing with the idea that when our kids are grown, we'll get back to the marriage and then we'll nurture the marriage. And so often the kids grow up and they leave your house and you've nurtured your kids, but not your marriage. And then the marriage falls apart. And I've seen this happen dozens of times and I know you have too. So if you're struggling with, um, with having desire for your husband or feeling like it's just, you're guilty because it's one more thing on your chore list or your list of, of things that you're not doing and you should be. Come back on Wednesday because I think you're going to be really encouraged just uh, having just listening to a, an, an honest conversation between me and my own husband. And we're going to be talking about this because sex is a big deal. Not only is it, it is a big deal, but it's good. It was God's gift to us. It's supposed to be good. So uh, please leave a review for me over on iTunes. I would love, love, love it if you would do that. We're coming up into a new season in 2017. You can click on uh, Heidi St. John or The Busy Mom over at iTunes and then view it in the store. Click on the little gear and leave a review. I would love it if you do that. If you have podcast suggestions or you want to get back to me, I I can be reached at podcast at thebusymom.com. You guys have a great week and I will see you back here with my sweet man on Wednesday. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.